You're listening to the Weekly Sermon Podcast from Liberty Family Church. For more information about our church, head to the website, libertyfamilychurch.net.au. It's fair to say that 2020 has been a super difficult year. Many of us, probably all of us, if we're honest, have had our hopes dashed in a variety of ways. Perhaps they were big hopes of dreams and desires and goals that you'd set to achieve in 2020. Or perhaps they were hopes in the form of the little things of life that you really enjoy, such as spending time with friends or children or grandchildren and not being able to see them as a result of the virus. Some of us were looking forward to finishing our schooling, finishing off year 12, only to have all the usual celebrations and the way that we do that special year sort of thrown into disarray as a result of COVID. Some of us, like my wife and I, we were looking forward to investing in the school community, building relationships and rapport with other parents and and teachers because our daughter started prep only for those hopes, naturally, to be dashed as a result of COVID. Some of us, I suggest probably all of us, to some degree at least, felt a sense of isolation and hopelessness as we were forced to socially isolate, to be physically distanced from other people for long periods of time in order to bring the virus under control. And there were even some of us who had hopes even more drastically dashed this year. Perhaps your hopes of financial security for your retirement were dashed as a result of COVID. Perhaps relationships in your life have become strained or have even broken as a result of enduring the COVID season. Perhaps you have had loved ones, people you treasure, who have sadly passed away in this COVID season or even as a result of catching COVID. In 2020, this year, we've been reminded firsthand of just how unpredictable and uncertain this life actually is. And you know, there are some parallels that we can draw out with the hopelessness that we've personally experienced this year and the hopelessness that the Israelites, God's people, were experiencing around the time of Jesus' birth. In the opening verses of Luke's account of the birth of Jesus Christ, we learn that the Israelites were facing challenges, hardships, of many different kinds. And they were feeling much like what we were feeling this year, overwhelmed and tired. They too had reason to feel hopelessness. God's people were living under, they were living in an occupied nation that was ruled by an oppressor. And if you look in the history books, he was an oppressor, all right, named Caesar Augustus. They were mistreated, They were taxed heavily by Rome and generally they were forced to do whatever it was that Rome wanted them to do. So when Caesar Augustus issued a decree, they did what they were told. They all stopped what they were doing and headed back to their hometown. And one of the couples that headed back to their hometown were a couple by the name of Joseph and his wife-to-be Mary. Let's read Luke's Gospel, chapter 2. Verses 1 to 5. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. 
This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed. Living life under Roman rule was horrible, but it was what it was. It was life as they knew it. It was their lot in life. That's how it was. Whilst the nation of Israel felt this sense of hopelessness after being under oppression for so long, they also continued to hold out hope. They remained in this sort of between a sense of hopelessness and also a sense of hope as well. They knew that despite their sin, because that's why they were under Roman rule after all, that they still had hope. What do you think of when you think of having hope? Sometimes when we think of hope in our modern day, we think of hope as being wishful thinking, like the kind of thing like we're probably all going to do today. We're going to go and we're going to eat and we're going to have lots of desserts. And one of the things we'll be thinking to ourselves is, gee, I hope all this food doesn't go straight to my hips. Wishful thinking, hey, or perhaps when we're in the workplace and we just haven't done the, the back end work, we haven't prepared for a meeting and we think to ourselves, gee, I hope this work presentation really um, is a successful one and really does what I hope it will do and people will really be engaged by it when you've done no practice at all. That is not the kind of hope, is it? That's that, well, that's how we often think of hope anyway. But the thing is, that's not the kind of hope that the Israelites were holding onto. The true hope that they were holding onto was different. Here's how one writer defines the true biblical hope that God's people were holding onto. Hope is a confident expectation or assured anticipation of something good not yet experienced. The Israelites were confident in hope because they were confident in God's unchanging character and his unchanging promises, his faithfulness to fulfill his promises. The Israelites were expecting, no, they were eagerly anticipating that God would do the very thing that he said that he would do, that he would give them true hope by sending them a rescuer that he would send the promised Messiah into the world just as he said he would. N.T. Wright, a well-respected New Testament professor, in his book, Simply Jesus, explains the, the context for this hope the Israelites had, the hope that Jesus was born into. Here's what he says. The people who were longing for God alone to be their king were clinging to the hope set out in Scripture, the hope that after all these years, Israel's God would return to be with his people, to rescue them, to restore them, to condemn their oppressors, to take charge, to do justice, to sort things out, to rule over them like a good king should. We can relate to some of these things that the Israelites were no doubt feeling and experiencing, can't we? We live in this beautiful world. It's an, it's an incredible world. 
And yet we live in this world that's broken and far from perfect. We know that to be true. Our world doesn't feel right. It doesn't seem to work the way it should. There's lots of injustice, suffering. And no matter what efforts we as humans take to trying to make this place better for everyone, for all, it's far from the ideal world that God originally created for all humankind to enjoy with him. We can understand, to some degree at least, what the Israelites were experiencing and why they were holding on to hope, I'm sure. And here's the thing. God did bring hope. God did exactly what he said he would do. God brought the Israelites and God brought for each one of us true hope in an unexpected form, in the form of a little baby boy. Jesus Christ. Luke chapter 2, 6 to 7 says this. While they were there in Bethlehem, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. God sent true hope in the form of a baby boy. Jesus, the Messiah, the Saviour of the world, was sent by God into all the world to save every single person in all the world. And the Israelites, unfortunately, in their desire for political deliverance, they wanted to be freed from the clutches of Caesar Augustus and the powers of Roman rule. They largely missed Jesus. They missed him. They missed the very person, the very one they were waiting so expectantly for. They missed out then and to this day, they miss out on that hope, on the hope that this baby Jesus ushered into the world. You can probably think about times in your life when you missed out on various things. Perhaps it was a family birthday a raise at work or a a new step up in work that you were definitely deserving of, but someone came in and kind of took that from you. Maybe family um, times away, holidays, things like that, or perhaps even seeing your football team win a grand final. Perhaps when you think of missing out, your mind immediately goes to businesses that for whatever reason, have missed out big time, like seriously big time, as a result of making or not making certain strategic decisions in a reasonable amount of time. One company that particularly, I would say it really missed out in this sense was Kodak. You might remember the the Kodak uh, logo. It's quite a famous one back in the day. And back in the digital revolution days, Kodak didn't actually move quickly to embrace digital camera technology. Here's a trivia for you. Did you know that Kodak were actually the company who initially created the digital camera? So it wasn't like they didn't know about it. The issue was they didn't believe that people would want to so quickly make the shift from the old school physical film to digital images stored on a memory card. And so they decided as a result of this belief they decided to very slowly transition away from film to embrace digital. 
And as a result, history tells us they missed out. They really missed out. Other companies recognized this shift that was going on and they aggressively went for that particular part of the market share. Kodak eventually went from a company who had a complete monopoly on the entire photography business to having next to no market share at all. And as consumers embraced digital camera technology and little by little moved away from film, Kodak missed out. They missed, in a sense, the hope that digital technology offered their business and ultimately their bottom line, their their finances, their income. Now, here's the thing. In some ways, we can be a bit like Kodak when it comes to how we view Jesus Christ. We can very easily fail to see Jesus for who he truly is. We can fail to take hold of the hope that he offers us very easily as well. The hope that exists because he came to earth as God said he would. You see, the hope that Jesus brought into the world all those years ago when he was born, it didn't just kind of stop the moment that he came down. It didn't stop on the night he was born. It continued throughout the ages, throughout his earthly ministry and continues to this very moment right now. As Jesus grew and ministered on earth, Jesus shared the good news of his kingdom, a better world, a better way, a better existence for mankind. And he shared about the hope that this kingdom brings in, the hope that any of us, any of us at all can embrace in this life and for all eternity in the one to come if only we'd simply come to Jesus humbly and receive him for who he is. Jesus, Messiah, Lord, the Saviour. As Peter explains in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 to 4, Jesus is our true living hope for this life and for the next. Let's read it together. 1 Peter 1, 3 to 4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled and unfading, kept in heaven for you. Friends, Jesus was born as the Savior. Jesus lived as the Savior. Jesus died and was buried and rose again to life as Saviour. And when Jesus did rise to life from the cross, he destroyed the very thing that was separating us from being close with God, sin, so that we could be in relationship with God, just as God wanted once again. And eventually, when our time on this earth is up because we know it to be true. We've seen it in this season. There's no guarantees in life and we don't live forever. That eventually when our time on earth is up, we will be able to make the move to be face to face with God, our loving creator for all eternity in heaven. And friends, this, this is why Jesus is true 
This is why Jesus is true hope. This is why the angel in Luke's gospel in chapter 2 verses 10 to 11 said this about Jesus' birth. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour who is Christ the Lord. I'm wondering today, friends, what's the hope you're holding on to? Are you holding on to a hope that is based in temporary things such as finances or health or good relationships, things that can be taken away in just a moment, as we've all experienced through this COVID pandemic? Or are you holding on to true hope? Is your hope firmly placed in the only sure hope that is in all existence, Jesus Christ and him alone? God's heart, this is God's heart. God's heart is to see every single person over all the earth that has ever been and ever will be, God's heart is to see every single person come to embrace and receive Jesus Christ. As John 3.16 says, maybe you have heard this passage of scripture before. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. If you're listening to this and you haven't yet chosen to place your faith in Jesus Christ, can I encourage you to make today the day that you make a decision for Jesus? He longs for you. You have no idea how much Jesus loves you, how passionately he wants you to be welcomed into his family and to give you all of the wonderful blessings that come through relationship with him. Jesus loves you so much and he wants you to embrace this true hope. He wants you to embrace true hope through faith in him. In this life, yes, absolutely, but also with the promise of entrance in to heaven and the one to come. Will you choose to believe in him this Christmas morning? My prayer for each and every one of us is that we would all choose, that we would all choose to believe in Jesus Christ and reap the rewards of our choice as we seek to honour him, to know him, to serve him and follow him and enjoy him as our true hope for all our days. After all, that's who Jesus was and that's who Jesus forever will be. Let's pray together. Loving God, we thank you so much for sending your only son into the world as our true hope. We are just so grateful for Jesus. We are so thankful that you sent Jesus for our benefit. So we pray today, God, that as we as we enjoy Christmas, as we celebrate with friends and family, Lord, that we would make the decision today to either choose to follow Jesus for the very first time by placing our faith in him and receiving him for who he is, the Messiah, our Lord, the Saviour, 
or if we've been Christian for a long time, God, we pray that you would just help us to truly marvel in even deeper ways at the wonder of the true hope that Jesus brought when he entered earth. So we thank you, Jesus, and we pray that you would bless each and every one of us as we celebrate for the rest of the day and from this day forward the beautiful truth that Jesus, you are our true hope. And we pray all of this with grateful hearts in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.